Hey everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of That Girl with the Curls, featuring me, the girl with the curls, Sam. Hello. Uh, welcome back to another episode. Uh, this would be episode 47, I believe. I could easily access the numbers right now, but uh, yeah, I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna go with it. It's 47, uh, and this episode is featuring uh, Scott Cranick. Uh, I met him at Rose City Comic Con this last year, and uh, just found his work interesting and so decided to invite him onto the podcast to talk about uh, his book Animal Crackers, which is an environmentalist look at how we treat animals and perhaps how they might treat us if they were in the same position, uh, as well as some of his uh, creepier Victorian stuff, since it kind of fits in with the more Halloween-y uh, stuff going around, uh, around right now. <laughs> um, so uh, Scott was great. He was fun to talk to. Uh, Got a little surprises in there, one of them featuring the President of the United States. So uh, uh, I hope that you enjoy this and come back for more. So pleased to enjoy Scott Cranick on That Girl with the Curls. I'm a real wild one. Wild one. Wild one. Wild one. Yeah, and you're, you're coming in fine. Um, I didn't realize you were in Cleveland. Oh, I'm not now. Oh, okay. Cause... I, I just got back, um, I just got back a couple days ago. Okay, good, because I started thinking about it, and I noticed your email had Cleveland, and it was like, oh shit, did I, did I not tell him at specific time? Oh, no, no, I just, I'm always representing Cleveland. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I was I was about ready to email you and be like, I am so sorry if I didn't specify the specific time. Uh, I was worried that I don't, I don't know. I was worried that I didn't find you or you couldn't find me. Or, a, and I just got this computer and um, this is the first time I've skyped in oh. a couple of years because I I don't know what was up with my old computer. It's just a piece of crap and it's really weird. Like I've had, I mean, my computer is. I've had it for a while, and it, it's still functioning just fine, but there were some updates that happened with um, some of the software. Oh, did you want to do the... Uh, I just... I had I took a shower, I so know. I... I just... I didn't know what you thought. I mean... Oh, no, the... Um, uh, we're, we're just doing this audio, so... Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, trust well, me. I could, I could turn off the video if you don't want to look at me. No, that's, that's fine. <laughs> I'm just not going to turn on mine because I just, I had a shower, so I don't look presentable right now. Okay. <laughs> um, Naked Podcast with Samantha Cross. Oh, yeah. I really like your, uh, your listeners will, like, triple in, like, a couple days. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> I'll just put that out there, like, hey, guess what? You can't see me, but I'm totes naked. <laughs> oh, man. It's, yeah, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of crazy how thousands of people's people probably do that you know yeah i followers and stuff 
I sometimes really try not to think about those things. Yeah, I, I... Kind of, like it's like visualizing your parents having sex. It's just oh, kind yeah. of, you know... I just saw my parents, so that, that is even more disturbing. See, there you go. <laughs> but speaking yeah. of disturbing, um, so I, I read uh, Animal Crackers. Uh-huh. Um, and we're recording, by the way, just letting you know this isn't... Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Scott Cranick, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Thank <laughs> so, you. It's nice to be here. Yeah. Um, little background before we we get into your your lovely piece of work. Uh, but uh, met you at Rose City Comic Con uh, on the floor, and you had wonderfully creepy paintings um, out there that I was uh, very uh, enamored with because I kind of like that aesthetic to a degree. <laughs> um, a sick individual like myself. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, there's some. Um, it's really weird because I like the aesthetic of like the kind of like creepy Victorian stuff, but I'm not necessarily like, I know that, you know, Crimson Peak just came out yeah, and I'm excited and yet really not sure if I'm going to enjoy myself. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's supposed to be pretty good, so I, I don't, I'm, I'm, look, I, I'm looking forward to Rob Zombie's movie coming out. Which one is that? It's, I, think, I think it's called 31. 31? It's supposed to be kind of, it's supposed to be more dark and disturbing than House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, well. Uh, I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like my art, like, I like that style of movies, but then I'll watch, you know, something like 40-Year-Old Virgin, or mm-hmm. then I'll watch an old black and white movie, and then I'll watch Sideways. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like my art, I just, I just love so many different styles. It's, um... When I, I, okay. I, I just don't see how, how anybody could just like one thing, like one style of music, one type of movie. There's so much good art out there. You just have to, you just have to find it. No, I definitely agree. I mean, um, I, my, my taste in music is definitely eclectic, to be sure. Just no country in there. <laughs> Yeah, old country. Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard, that's some good... Okay, no, I'll give you that. Johnny, Johnny Cash, definitely. Uh, not a lot of Merle Haggard, but uh, I'm all... Merle Haggard's pretty... I get it. Is it okay if I swear? Yeah, go ahead. Sometimes I get excited about it, and I, I just don't want to offend you. No, 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 go ahead. You can swear all you want. I'm just going to say they're badass. I mean, Merle Haggard is, is... Okay, of all the swearing, that is, like, the least... Like, oh, no. I think you're going to go, like... A lot worse. I just it's fucking it awesome, like... <laughs> when I get excited talking about something, I tend to to swear. So I just wanted to ask. No, I'm the same way. I'm I'm currently listening to the um, Hamilton soundtrack. The uh, oh. yeah, the musical because I'm I'm a huge. Uh, I studied uh, the American Revolution in college, so uh, finding out that first of all there was a musical about Alexander Hamilton, wow. <laughs> and it's a hip hop album as well. Basically, I mean it's. It's this really great fusion of like hip hop and funk and soul and pop and, and all everything like, um, and it's amazing. Like I haven't stopped listening to it since I bought it like two weeks ago. <laughs> I had no idea that was in such in existence. Oh yeah, it it's if it doesn't win all the Tonys, I'm gonna be really really disappointed. <laughs> be like, ah. I'm I'm jealous of my brother living in New York because. Gets to go to see all those shows. And, oh my god! Um, like, I wish. Here's here's another plug from my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. <laughs> Did you know that Cleveland boasts the second largest um, um, 
<laughs> Theatrical district, I guess. Oh, okay. No, I did Second not know that. New York, you know, where they have plays and mm-hmm. ballets and operas and stuff. So, anyway, that's completely off any subject. No, it's not. Nothing is off subject. I tangent oh, all no. the time. Uh, I was actually just in Cleveland not too long ago um, for a... Oh, for a conference, uh, I'm an archivist by day, uh, and so there was the annual Society of American Archivists uh, conference was in Cleveland this year. Did you like it? Yeah, no, it was really pleasant. I mean, we were we were kind of sectioned off to like mostly the downtown area ish, like, um, but what we saw outside. I mean, we went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which was like yeah. five minutes from my hotel, so we just walked uh-huh. over. Yeah, no, I was. I was there with one of my best friends, and so whenever music is playing in a store or a just any place of business, I will automatically start singing along if I know the know it really well. <laughs> and so, I mean, obviously in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they're going to pl- pump music through that sucker. And I was telling my friend Kara, I was just like, look, I make no apologies for this. I'm going to sing a lot of songs when they come up. <laughs> like, I'm just letting you know this now. <laughs> that is what I'm going to do. It's a really cool place, and there's there's so much to see, like museums, like the art museum, and there's a new contemporary art museum, the natural history museum, and then the food. Oh man, I think I just I think I put on ten pounds in two weeks. I can understand that we um we went to this one place called the Chocolate Bar, uh, just because it had the name chocolate, it had the word chocolate in it, and uh, it was really I I really liked it because I mean it's a chocolate themed menu ish. I mean they still had savory dishes, but there was chocolate in it. Um, and an extensive what my grandfather would say is a quote unquote martini menu. <laughs> like, nice. Anytime he sees anything that isn't a gin martini, he's like, oh, not a martini. <laughs> but uh, and then they were playing the one episode of I Love Lucy where she is in the you know the conveyor belt and everything. Yeah, the chocolate effect. Yeah. yeah. But they're only playing that one segment. It's not the whole episode. It's just them stuffing their faces and their clothes and everything. And it's just that clip over and over and over again. And we kept thinking that the staff probably just goes nuts. And that every once in a while they maybe reverse it. So it looks like there's just two women that produce chocolate from themselves on the conveyor belt. Or to play like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory at some point just to see if people are, are actually watching. You're paying attention. Exactly. But uh, no, I found uh, Cleveland to be quite lovely for what what I saw of it. Saw the stamp, the old stamp. Yeah, it's a good it's a good place. It's 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 kind of a roller coaster. Kind of goes kind of goes downhill a little bit, and then it, it's on the upswing again. You know? I think most most cities, especially in America, are going through that phase right now. <laughs> it's like yeah. like guys, we're having a we're having a slump season this year. Let's make yeah. it a better one. Um, but. Uh, Go, let's let's go to your your book Animal Crackers, which you very kindly shared your your PowerPoint presentation with me. Which is that essentially like the whole book, like right there? Yeah. Or? Okay. Basically, it. Um, yeah, that's what I did for the book reading in Cleveland this this past trip, and it's except for like um, the like thank you page and the the biography of me and my brother. It's that's basically the book. Okay. Um. It's def. I mean. I'll be honest, it's really interesting. Like, just, uh, so, wh- who did the majority, was it just you and your brother sitting there coming up with everything, or did you guys, like, split up? Because, explain the premise of, uh, Animal Crackers. What's what? <laughs> explain the premise of Animal Crackers. Well, I had a couple drawings, 
drawing is done is is um, my normal job as a park ranger. You see a lot of um, uh, disrespect, and in the news you you see a lot of disrespect and disregard towards nature. And it's the the drawings that I did that before the book was even an idea was the one of the bison shooting people <laughs> from the train and the one of the manatees that were on jet skis and slicing up people in the water and um which i'm sorry i did start kind of like laughing to myself when i saw manatees on jet skis yeah it's 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 when you said interesting i was gonna say it's interesting could be interpreted in many different ways so it very much so interesting in a good way no i like i'm open to a lot of stuff so when i started reading it i mean because i i i appreciate the poetry um, and I, I understand the imagery, definitely. I mean, just this whole idea of um, this environmental message in a lot of ways of being like, look, we've done a lot of terrible shit to animals. And, right, and continue to. Exactly. And just we, look at that piece of shit dentist that shot yeah. that lion. Oh, exactly. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's just not, I'm not against hunting, mm-hmm. but I don't see the point in big game hunting to hang a head on a wall. I think that's fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah. No, it's such an antiquated, you know, it's like, I don't know, like prizing ivory to have a big elephant tusk at your desk. I mean, it's it's just some stuff should have never been popular. And and certainly today, it's just crazy that it still exists. Yeah, it's, uh, I've, I've watched, like, um, I've watched Food Channel episodes where they've, like, I mean, like, Anthony Bourdain kind of stuff, where he goes to, like, the South, and he talks to, was it, Ted Nugent, and, which, <laughs> which is rough enough as it is. I need a drink. There you go. <laughs> Take a long, hard pull on that one. Um, but it's, it's the whole idea of, you're hunting for sport and at least with Nugent he seems to have an idea of like I eat the animals that you know right. I'm hunting so I can respect that yeah you know other than his politics not so much but yeah yeah I, <laughs> his the way he hunts I, I very fully respect but his, his stance on guns and stuff it's just uh, yeah you need an AK-47 hunt down that uh, zebra like I need another hole in my head <laughs> yeah. it's like uh so somebody uh, somebody at work had this I don't know if you've seen this but I guess it was on Facebook or something and it was a little clip from somewhere, and it showed, like, a person walking into a classroom with in colonial period and doing the black powder stuff and showing how, lo- how long it would take to shoot and reload and shoot again, and mm-hmm. the whole classroom escaped. But it was a really good visual example of, you know, when, when the, all these the amendments were written what what they were what, dealing with the minds of our founding fathers that's what they were thinking when they said you know right to bear arms and all that oh yeah and it's just it's it, it, it's the semi-automatic weapons and stuff today i don't think that would have been written if if they would have known how crazy the gun culture would be as of today well and 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 the thing about that too is that uh when it was written i mean yes this they they could not have predicted the future and how guns would be viewed and seen in the united states obviously but i I remember reading that thomas jefferson was all like we need to we need to uh amend the constitution every like 
20 years or so, like, I think it was, like, 16 or 17 years, um, because he's, like, every generation has their own problems. Like, they're not going to have the same, I mean, that's what was supposed to make the Constitution a living, breathing document, is that it would reflect the time period in which people were governing. And then suddenly it's like, nope, we're not going to really do much with it after, you know, we're, and, and every time we try to make an amendment, we're going to make it the most arduous process possible, <laughs> which has its pros and cons, definitely. Um, but yeah, I, um, I always loved, uh, there were these, uh, I think it was Chris Rock did a whole segment on, um, on guns. Like we should just give everybody muskets, uh, so that you make those bullets count. <laughs> like, um, or Oh, yeah, and I think it was, like, Kevin Hart did a, a thing on that, too, where he was just kind of, like, uh, you know, it's like, it's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you, like, he just, he's doing, he's miming the whole, like, putting the powder in and, like, you know, packing it down and everything, then the guy runs off, he's like, where you go? Where you going? Because <laughs> like, if we, yeah, if we went back to the Founders days, gun control would be a lot different issue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if you get me going on the Founders, it's, uh, that's, that's, that's fun times for, for me. Yeah, no. It's just interesting. It's just it's just interesting. It's it's you know things have changed and it's just uh, I mean I mean kind of back to back to animal crackers. Things have changed, but and and the way we treat the environment's slowly changing for the better. I think, but mm-hmm. I think my problem is I see I, the the negative that I see outweighs the positive, and there's as you read, there's a lot of anger in animal crackers, and you know that's. I guess I use art. Some of my art is my venting of my anger and frustration on mm-hmm. certain um, issues. Issues, yeah. Which I mean, I because I, I've talked to a lot of artists through this podcast and everything. That seems to be a, a common thread at times. Is uh, you need a, you need an outlet of some sort. And uh, I, so when you were on your your book tour, I mean your your book presentation over in Cleveland. How is how is Animal Crackers received when you do things like that? Mostly good. I think one lady was offended. She wasn't. <laughs> Did she stand up in the middle of the presentation and be like, J'accuse! No, but usually people are polite, like, thank you at the end. She just kind of walked away. It's like, well, whatever. <laughs> she, she didn't seem like a conservative Republican, but what do I know? <laughs> um, most people really like it. I, 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 the one thing I wish... maybe we didn't use with some language mm-hmm. um, we use the word bitch a couple times and um, maybe there's a different word to describe Sarah Palin <laughs> without using that word because I, I, I certainly wouldn't I don't want to offend um, women mm-hmm. you know it, it, that's not a nice word we were going to use a different word and my dad was super offended I never thought my dad would be so offended. Is your dad like, not easily mind, offended? All the fucks. <laughs> he didn't like the C word. Ooh. He's like, people don't use that anymore. I'm like, yeah, go to England. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's a, it's a, it's a great word, but I mean, it's harsh. Um, and, and that's did, what you're going to call Sarah Palin. My dad was really offended. He's, he's yeah. more offended by that than the seals clubbing human babies. <laughs> so, but I. Everyone picks their battles, I suppose. <laughs> one, one, one of the people at the book reading said, it's very obvious that you're angry. And we did want the book to be a children's book for adults. Mm-hmm. And the anger does, does come through, but 
you know, when we do these readings, there's a lot of swearing, and I don't regret that, but I think we'll probably do a, a second one, mm-hmm. and we'll tone down the language, language a little bit, you know? When you, um, I mean, when you're doing the readings, do you guys get into it? Are you just like... You're, like, pumped up when you're doing it? Do you kind of go with the... I mean, you have a very mellow voice, so do you kind of, like, stick with the the mellowness and then let the language speak speak for itself? Um, I guess I'm a a bit more lively. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of have a a sinus infection, so if I sound extra (laughs) mellow... um, Like, that's the Benadryl. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a Benadryl in the wine. (laughs) (laughs) A deadly Um, combination. it's, It's a... I make it a little bit more lively. Like I'm used to doing all the ranger programs and interpretive programs for people, so mm-hmm. I, I, I I liven it up a little bit. But it's mostly just kind of a reading, and, and if people have questions during, I'm you know more than happy to answer them. And we have the pictures to go along with the words, so mm-hmm. I think it's a nice presentation. People, nobody's ever complained. Maybe they walk away without saying anything. <laughs> that one woman apparently had a, an issue. So. <laughs> But it's always I, that one person. I don't. I don't mind if you don't like it. That's fine. It's. Mm-hmm. It's that's what art's for. You know, I guess I, I, I've always kind of most admired and respected artists that try something new and don't mind if people don't like it, but mm-hmm. they want to, you know, explain their passions, explain their point of view whether or not it offends somebody just putting it out there in the universe you know putting that uh, different way of thinking out there mm-hmm. and are there uh, particular who are the artists that you admire most for for that kind of philosophy uh, my favorite artist is Van Gogh mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of tell from my um, style I guess that's kind of where it came up with that like somebody says like Lionelism style which takes goddamn forever to finish a drawing. I kind of wish I never would have started doing drawing like that. But, um, you know, he, he, at the time, everybody hated his work. You know, it was mm-hmm. just, I mean, it kind of helped that he had epilepsy, and that's what made him see all the colors. But, you know, he just stuck with it. Hieronymus Bosch, I mean, if you've seen his work. It, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It, it, it blows my mind that these artists are creating these things that, if it was created today, people would be like, holy shit, that is out there. What are you on? And he's doing it in, what, the 15th century? Mm-hmm. Uh, musically, I mean, Lou Reed, Iggy Pop, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Just these, Elvis, I mean, look. Oh, yeah, I got an Elvis shirt on. The King, I mean, you know, <laughs> just just doing what, doing what their heart tells them to do and just sticking with it, no matter the controversy calls or causes or, or what people say about them. Yeah, the, uh, I remember in high school when we did uh, Humanities, and we did a bunch of, like, uh, it was all art history, basically, and seeing the Hieronymus Bosch stuff, yeah. you're like, what? what is going on here? Uh, because my teacher didn't really go into, like, great detail about, like, because if you just stare at it long enough, you just start seeing all the different stuff that's happening, and you're just like, my God, this man is just drawing people's nightmares. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's crazy. Um, it's crazy. But I'm a big admirer of, of Van Gogh as well. He's a, one of my favorite impressionists. Yeah, I mean Picasso. I mean those are the, those are kind of the obvious ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes but... I yeah I always uh, when people are like well you know like the obvious thing it's like I don't care I do uh, 
I, I like having the obvious uh, artists sometimes because yeah. they're really because they're so um, ubiquitous now. I mean, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with you know. I I mean, I was in Barcelona a few months. Um, oh nice! Oh my god, it was gorgeous. I got a reminder on Facebook like, "Hey, remember a year ago when you were in Barcelona?" I'm like, "Yes, thank you for depressing me now." Yeah. <laughs> um, but we were at the Picasso Museum, and. I was just running, I mean, we were running around because we only had, like, an hour before the thing was going to close, and ran into the gift shop and was, like, trying to find all the, the ink-based uh, stuff. Like, I love his Toreador. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, just, like, the simple brush strokes. Um, I don't need it to be a complicated Guernica. It can just be right. a simple, you know, bull and bullfighter. Good. <laughs> such a great museum. It's one of the best museums I've been. Mm-hmm. It was gorgeous. Just anything... Picasso does, I'm just, and, because I think what they were showing in there was all of his versions of the Diego Velasquez, uh, yeah. painting, and, yeah, yeah. and it took me a while, because I knew I knew the painting, because I was looking at all this, like, oh my god, I know this, I know it, I know it, I know it, and it wasn't until we got into another room where they actually showed the, the Velasquez painting, I was like, oh, cool. oh my god, <laughs> like, it's like right on the tip of your tongue, and you're just like, ah, <laughs> but, uh, no, I love Barcelona. <laughs> um, but uh, but getting back to Animal Crackers, uh, so you uh, you were formerly a uh, um, park ranger, right? I still am. Oh, you still are. Excellent. Um, That's why I don't get much sleep because art takes up the rest, rest of your hours. <laughs> the rest of my time. Yeah. yeah. So what is, what is it like being a park ranger? What 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 do you do? <laughs> Tell the the good people what you do. Well. This job, it's it's very different. Like I, I worked as a park ranger at the Grand Canyon for a while. I, I've worked all over the country, and so if you work for the Park Service, um, the National Park Service, you kind of do one job and one job only. Like I said, I did the ranger talks and such before, and you do that, and you come up with educational programs, and you usually present them to sometimes a couple hundred people. Mm-hmm. Um, you work at the visitor center. And, and not to go into a long, boring, complicated story about how long it takes to, how difficult it is to get permanent with the government, which means <laughs> you're a permanent employee and you get benefits and health benefits and retirement. Mm. You have to take whatever job you could get. So I took a job at the gate collecting fees all day, every day. And I mean, being a park ranger is great. It, it, it There are those times where it's just what people envision, like, oh, you're standing at the rim of the Grand Canyon talking to people, I got to tour Obama around, I got to, oh, cool. I got to accomplish a lot of things. Let's just stop there for a second. What was it like to give President Obama a tour of the Grand Canyon? <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah? It was, oh, man, I, I, I wish I didn't, I wish I could remember more of it, you know? <laughs> Did you get a picture I, with him? Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> it's, it was kind of crazy. I was, like, on the news and in the Cleveland Plain Dealer and, and like, USA Today and on the national news. I I just so happened to be one of the lucky rangers to get chosen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm good at being an interpreter. I'm, I'm good at doing that. Like, don't sell yourself short. You're good. You're good. Come on. <laughs> well, I just don't want to sound like a arrogant asshole. Well, humbleness has its place, and then there you can be like, hey, look, I'm good at my job. <laughs> I'm, I'm good at my job, 
but I was lucky to be chosen to be at the spot where all the media was going to be. That's oh, why okay. I was in the news and, um, like, in all the papers and stuff. It was amazing. I mean, I'm a huge Obama supporter. I, I, I can't, I do not understand how people think that the country is going going to hell in a handbasket because of that damn Obama. (laughs) I don't see how anybody could argue the fact that the country's not better off. You know? I mean, I don't know. You don't have to talk about politics because I'll just get all riled up. Well, did he he ask you questions or was it he just kind of like letting you do the talking? Yeah, I I remember him. I was saying something like I was here like 15 years ago and I asked him, did it look the same? And he kind of laughed, and Michelle really laughed. And, um, <laughs> were the kids there, too? Were there yeah, her daughters? Yeah, the kids were there. That was the next thing I was going to say. I, I brought a, a rock with me, because I didn't know what the hell they wanted. Like, he's the president. I mean, I don't want to <laughs> make him sit there and just listen to me talk about geology. I don't know what they want. And it's then, like, to your left, you'll see the Grand Canyon. Yeah, Isn't it vast? <laughs> I prepared a geology talk. Um combining like places where you know he's born in Hawaii mm-hmm. unless you ask some Republicans who <laughs> think he wasn't born in Hawaii we all know Hawaii wasn't a state um, at the time he was born right <laughs> he spent some time in Indonesia in his life so I kind of combined this geology talk with places he lived comparing the rocks I didn't do any of it um, but I did have this rock from the bottom and um, the younger Obama girl was totally not interested in talking about rocks <laughs> until I brought out this rock and she came and we were all in a circle like me and the me and the family and uh, I was talking about the rock cycle and you know asking him what the, what is the rock that's uh, if it's changes from heat and pressure what do you call that rock and uh, um, igneous Sasha is that no what's the oldest uh, the oldest is Malia so I think Sasha yeah. Yeah, is the younger one she couldn't get it and, and President Obama was like elbowing her. Oh, come on! You're just studying this. You're just studying this. <laughs> she finally got it, but I was like, "Holy cow!" I'm in like a circle with the first family and doing a geology talk. I mean, this is just unbelievable. That's one of those moments she, where you have to like pinch yourself and be like, "I'm, I'm here, right? This is yeah. reality, right?" I wish Animal Crackers was out there because I would have gave the president a copy. I give up publicity for a book, huh? There you go. Like, Mr. President, I don't want to trouble you, but here, here's a copy of my book. Yeah, will you please give me a review? <laughs> like, that was pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, that... that was something. It was really, mm-hmm. it was really amazing. No, I had, um, I, I had once thought I might be a geologist at one, uh, at one point in my life. Uh, I was super, super into rocks as a kid. Um, my dad and I would actually, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Eastern Washington at all. I haven't spent much time. No, that's... I mean, I've driven through, but... No, that's fine. There's a lake, we ha- uh, Lake Roosevelt, and yeah. Um, yeah, so there was a thing where you could take uh, houseboats out, and we went there with a couple of other families, and along the edges of Lake Roosevelt, it's all like clay deposits. So my dad and I, because he was really into rocks, and I have his old uh, geology book from uh, the 70s, his textbook that he used. And so we'd go into the clay deposits and then kind of climb up further and found like a bunch of fossils and everything. And it was like a nice little father-daughter bonding moment. (laughs) Like, it's a leaf! 
Oh my god! Yeah. A leaf! <laughs> but that's really, I mean, yeah, I, once geology got into math, I, I I was studying to be a geologist, but I... Mm-hmm. I think I think it's just always like the I still have some of the the rocks I've collected over the years or my like little hope chest and everything. Nice. Yeah, because I, I still like um, geodes and sparkly sparkles oh, yeah. and you know that kind of stuff. But yeah, every every once in a while I'm like maybe I could just pick it up again, right? And then I look at yeah. the, the mathematics. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. That's why I went into history so I wouldn't have to do math. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so, so basically what you're saying is that the life of a, um, a parks, uh, you know, ranger, uh, uh, you know, is a journeyman's kind of yeah. existence. I mean, until you get permanent. So like I'm working in the Columbia River Gorge and I'm working for a different agency and in this, in this, this type of job, you do everything. So mm-hmm. it might not be as spectacular as the Grand Canyon, but you know, like today, I took pictures of an area that I want to revegetate mm-hmm. with grass, native grass seed for pollinators. I talked to a guy who was crying and was screaming because supposedly his wife tried to kill herself last night. Oh, wow. And I did um, was trying to figure out more information on a citation I wrote. And basically what I'm trying to say is there's all sorts of different things you do in this job. Mm-hmm. And it's very different. You uh, you can do a lot of different things, and um, it's more enjoyable being outside more and, and being able to use different skills. Are you a you're, so? I mean, with the with the book, you're definitely a, a lover of animals. Like, are you a? I, I assume you have to be some kind of a lover of nature in order to do a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to... Yeah, and, and there's a lot of cleaning up of garbage. And... Oh. There's a lot of, um, I don't know, how's a nice way to say this? If there isn't a nice way, go ahead. Um, there's a lot of white trash around here who don't give a shit about cleaning up after themselves, Mm. nature, preservation, conservation, anything like that, and, um, it's almost the polar opposite of, you know, what people would think the politics are like in Seattle and Portland. You know, mm-hmm. it's, um, so I have to clean up and babysit a lot of people that basically use nature as their toilet. Like, I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, as no. Toilet, and as their garbage can. Oh, yeah. That, that always is, I don't know, yeah, it just, especially with a, with a national park or a, a nature, cons- you know, conservatory mm-hmm. or something like that, you're just like, guys, I mean, by the very nature of where you are. Like, maybe don't throw the big gulp, you know, on the floor where you're standing. (laughs) It's like, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt as much as I can. You know, it's not always a, it doesn't always win. Uh, But, you know, it's just like, especially, there are just certain areas where you would think that people would have the common sense to just maybe throw stuff into an actual trash receptacle. (laughs) Well, yeah, and it's, you know, there's certain, well, and the nice thing about this job is I have the, authority to be able to close off certain areas like there's a a wildlife refuge that gets trashed every weekend so i'm gonna put in a boulder to block vehicle traffic and just keep it open for foot traffic and revegetate the area because if it it's a beautiful area for birds if a fire were ever to get loose it would just be it would just be gone devastating 
So you have that kind of, you have that authority and that power to just kind of be like, look, this isn't good for the, the area itself. So I'm going to take it upon myself to court, you know, cordon it off. Well, I asked, I asked the boss and stuff and people agree. It's, Mm -hmm. it's an area that should be protected and there's plenty of other areas for people to go and party, not (laughs) in this very sensitive area. Well, it's good. I mean, I think that's always good that people like like you are you know conscious of that st- you know i mean it's so e- i don't know how easy it is to get into the parks department or anything like that but i mean there's there's always going to be people who kind of like slough off on their job and they're just kind of like standing there being like yes it's a gorge awesome yeah <laughs> but then there are um far more devoted people who are like look this this job has a great deal of of importance and i'm going to take it you know you know, make sure that I do right by where I'm working. You know, that kind of that kind of attitude. I try. I mean, like, you know, with the book and stuff, you just try to leave a... You just try to improve upon things and leave a... Leave a mark. Leave things better than you found it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, like you were saying with the, the, the whole language you know, issue that you... Does your brother have the same uh, hang-up with it, or is it just you that has the hang-up with language on the on the book? I don't, I don't know. I, I, I mentioned it to him, and... I think he kind of agrees. It's really easy working with him. He kind of agrees that maybe we could tone it down. He doesn't seem... He doesn't seem... I mean, I'm not regretful. No, no, no. I mean, you know, um, with you talking about doing another one and toning it oh, down. Yeah, we're and... on the same page. Oh, okay. We, we tone it down. I mean, it's... Um, like with Earth First, we were going to donate some books and art with Earth First, and they were going to you know, maybe sell the book and maybe use some of the art in their... Uh, publications, but, mm-hmm. you know, some of the words, like the B word, they did not approve of, and so that one word kept us from working with Earth First, mm-hmm. which, I mean, to me, hey, we were going to donate some books and some art to mm-hmm. help with fundraising, but if one word is, you know, I don't know, do it's, it's there, whatever. I mean, do you think it's, it? I mean, it... I don't know, it seems kind of, uh, it's not contradictory, but it's this ha- this idea that um, the message that you're trying to get across and the language that you use are important to you in a certain way, you know? It's like, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to send this message, and then if that doesn't jive with, like, uh, I guess an activist group, yeah, it's, I don't know, there's something weird about that to me. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, there's, well, I, I've heard I think I think they're a great organization, and, mm-hmm. but I've I've heard different people say that they're kind of getting too politically correct. Ah, uh, there we go. <laughs> it's like, damn this PC world. No, <laughs> were, were you offended with anything? I mean, no, I'm. I would be interested. I would be interested in hearing a full review. I don't know if I'm. I'm not easily offended by language. <laughs> like, um, it really depends. I mean, I've been called plenty of those words. Um, some of them, but those have mainly been by assholes. Uh, but it's, I don't know, like, I, I used to tell, say this to, uh, I told this to a professor of mine once, and I was like, I'm hard to offend, but easy to embarrass. Like, that that's my whole thing. Like, I I tell dirtier jokes than some people, you know, want to admit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had, uh, at work, I had people being like, you know, Sam, if we, um, if we make, like, two raunchy jokes, you know, two raunchy jokes in front of you, just let us know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, are you kidding me? I say worse things than you do, so really, I should be telling you that. 
<laughs> so I mean, I I just found it fascinating, just like your your approach. And I mean, like I was I was gonna say, like the there's definitely anger there, um, which isn't a terrible thing. I mean, it's I was kind of thinking about it in the same way that you know, like the the one book, the go to the, go the fuck to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just kept thinking of that because it's it's a similar idea. It just doesn't have it doesn't have the um environmentalist message, but it's the whole like you know, just just go the fuck to sleep and you know, having it read by Samuel L. Jackson doesn't hurt either. Yeah. <laughs> but like the the adult version of Goodnight Moon, how could you how could you miss? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it could be easy. But um but no, I, I enjoyed it. I mean the the artwork is 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 definitely really good and it conveys the message very well so like here's my verbal review (laughs) (laughs) but uh um so are uh what is your plan for the next one is it going to be along the similar lines or do you have a different theme in mind um no i I think i like i like how this turned out um it's going to be another slew of animals (laughs) That? Another group of animals to... Oh, it'll be all different animals. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, there's no shortage of animals that humans are fucking over. What's the uh, dodo one going to be about? <laughs> it could be like the passenger pigeon. Yeah, no, when I saw the passenger pigeon, I was like, oh man, dodo's next, right? Yeah. Ooh, you should do one for like uh, cryptids, like a yeti or something. Oh, gee. <laughs> Dragons. You know, we, we haven't, you know, like having a... Uh, with human teeth oh. human bone jewelry having a fox with human skin around its shoulders mm-hmm. or a, a, a mink um, I want to do something with prairie dogs where somehow a prairie dog is throwing a canister of poison gas into like a baby nursery because mm. that's how ranchers kill prairie dogs oh wow yeah that would be a pretty dark one but I, I really like that idea <laughs> It's like I might be going to a dark place, like oh, so bears. dark. Bears, um, that's mm. my favorite animal. Yeah, and we haven't done bears yet. Um, what do you like about bears? My favorite animal is black bears because they're just so smart and they're just they're just they're not mean animals. You know, they're, a black bear is not going to attack you. I mean, yes, they have attacked people before. <laughs> yes, it is possible. <laughs> I but, think that there have been some cases where yes. <laughs> of the time they're going to run away but if you piss it off if you fuck with its family then it's going to piss then it's going to get pissed and mess you up mm-hmm. you know and I don't know I, I I like that trait I don't I don't want to you know I just I, I don't want to hurt people I don't want to you know I, I just want to do my thing and, and you know live my life and leave people alone but just don't mess with people that are <laughs> close to me you know I don't know did you have you ever There's, seen the movie uh, Legends of the Fall oh yeah I yeah I just watched that the uh I was having a conversation about it with a friend and uh, cause I was just I was mentioning like Brad Pitt was in these like two very huge kind of like little bit epic movies it was Legends of the, Legends of the Fall yeah. and uh, A River Runs Through It like just these two movies that I always remember were on cable and because they were on cable, they were, like, the longest fucking movies. Yeah. <laughs> and, a lot of stupid commercials. Oh, my God. They were, like, four hours long, and they were, like, probably, I think, running time regular was about two hours, maybe two and a half. Yeah. I feel like both of them were really super long. 
Um, but uh, I just remember because they always equated Brad Pitt's character in Legends of the Fall with the bear. Yeah. Um, and towards grizzly. yeah, and towards the end when he's like going up against the big one, he's like an old man and everything. <laughs> like, dude, would you just walk away from the damn bear? They're they're just such fascinating, smart, adaptable animals. Like black bears, they they've been in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. There's a black bear that was like ten minutes away from my parents' house in East Cleveland. I mean, they're just they're just incredible. They're just and and I've had a lot of close encounters with them. That was one of my jobs as a park ranger in North Carolina, scaring away black bears from the campground. <laughs> they just sent you out there like Scott. There's yeah, a black scared bear. bear. Stupid. <laughs> All right. Were you new that day? Were they like, yeah? First park ranger job after college. Oh my god! You're just like, I'm gonna go scare the bear. You know, and that's the thing. People, including my mom, she's like, "Oh, bear! Oh my gosh! You're 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 going backpacking? Isn't there bears and mountains?" I'm like, "Yeah, mom, but I'm way more scared than domestic dogs than any wild animal. Mm -hmm. I mean, domestic dogs kill more people by far than any wild animal, and it's just." Mm-hmm. It's just the, the, the disconnect with people and nature that's getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. And before I forget, I was going to ask you a trivia question. Okay. Can you, can you name Brad Pitt's best movie role ever? Did you know what that is? According to you or according to me? It's No, it's fact. Oh, just, okay. Um, <laughs> well, he's been in so many times. You can see me. I'm glad I got the video on because you can see me smiling. It's not fact, but I think it should be fact. Okay. Um. Well... I was going to say it was uh, Aldo Reigns in uh, Inglorious oh, Bastards. That's a good answer. <laughs> Why? What, what, what is the factual one, then? The, the stoner in True Romance. <laughs> <laughs> best role ever. <laughs> it's like, best role that time he was in Thelma and Louise. <laughs> yeah. He's so hot. He was. He still is, actually, technically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, he's my... Well, there you go. And then you can just watch all the Ocean's Eleven movies, and you're just like, hey. Sit in a nice bubble bath. <laughs> Glass of wine, more Glass Benadryl. Glass of wine, cheers, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they'll ever make a Ocean's 14, because someone will just demand it one day. Are. are they? Yeah, I think they really are. Oh, they really shouldn't. I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I liked the first one. The second one was weird. And the third one was Okay. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't think that they weren't a fourth heist. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's kind of be hard to do now with Bernie Mac not around. So. I know, right? Come on, gotta honor the Mac. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, you know what? I, I meant to tell you, I'm I'm doing that horror convention in Portland. Oh, cool. I I so like you started talking about the creepy paintings and. I just was going to say that I got into that, and I'm going to try to do that Crypticon convention up in Seattle next year. Excellent. Yeah, I've never, yeah, I'm I'm uh, notorious amongst my friends for not being into horror movies all that much, but when I do watch them, when I'm forced to watch them, I then turn it into a mystery science theater session. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the worst person. If you love horror movies, I am the absolute worst person to go and see them with. I mean, at least horror movies, you don't have to listen to the dialogue that much, so, I mean... That is true. I mean, it is mostly about waiting for the stupid jump scares, and, Because uh, that, that's my whole thing. Like, I actually like um, suspense thrillers more than I like, like, I guess, like, gore horror. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Like, 
I, you know, when I saw The Sixth Sense, I was like, that is so fucking awesome. And now that I know the twist, it's really not worth watching ever again <laughs> for me. Yeah. But I still like, um, what is it? I, I liked uh, Joss Whedon's, uh, what is it, Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, and I like a lot oh, of the... the... It's, it's tough to make, it's tough to make, uh, I don't know, horror movies, just, I mean, like the Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, those were creative, they were good. There's just not many, like... I think, and it's always, like, some change in the genre, too, like, when they started doing found footage, um, I don't think 3D has ever been good in terms of horror movies, but, uh, I've never, I've never seen one in a theater in 3D, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I have either, but I just know that when they try and use those gimmicks, it's kind of like, okay, it's fine if you want to use it as a gimmick, like, one time, but then when the whole genre becomes, like, starting to define itself by it, like, this found footage shit... Yeah. Like, that just becomes exhausting after a while. We're like, okay, so now we have to explain why the camera is on the whole time and why you're not helping your friend when you really should be. Yeah, that's, I mean, everybody, every, like you said about oceans, it's like, what are they, they're on a paranormal, paranormal six? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think they're, the first two, I think, maybe the first three were pretty good. Mm-hmm. The first one was just great. Just the, the, it was so different. It scared the shit out of me. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, Yeah, I had a friend who was uh, who watched the first uh, Paranormal Activity, and he he did not care for it as much, but he was explaining it to me, and I was like, I don't care, you can spoil the crap out of that, I, I'm not going to see it. Uh, and he was telling me about the Ouija board that he uses, yeah. that it's like so ridiculously ornate for no apparent reason. <laughs> You're yeah. like, where did he go to get that? Wow. <laughs> he, I mean, I have a lot of friends who we focus on weird details like that. <laughs> it's like, why? They don't make they really, my mom was freaked out by the Ouija board. Um, she did not ever want it in the house. Like, we had one at my grandparents, and we lived there for, like, six months at one point, and she was just, like, we had to almost, like, hide it from her, because she, and my mom's not a really, like, hugely super, uh, superstitious person, or, you know, you know all that hugely religious either, but she was freaked out by the idea of bringing bad spirits into the house through via the Milton Bradley Ouija board. <laughs> like, I, I give her endless shit about it now, but at the time, she was thoroughly freaked out by it. <laughs> so, so what scares you, Scott? What, uh, what are the things on uh, in horror movies that you're just like you want to be scared by, or you you actively avoid? I was gonna say when you said what scares me, I was gonna say Donald Trump is our president. That's well, that, I think that just scares practically anybody, but. <laughs> um. I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. I like the suspense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't have to be like bloody and stuff like, um, just that jump, you know, if, if something jumps out, like the suspense builds, like, I love, love, love 28 Days Later. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. Best movies ever. And, you know, there's some gory parts, but it's just the way it was done. Mm-hmm. It's tough to create something new and different. And that movie was how they did zombies was just oh, Danny Boyle's a man. Oh yeah, I, um, you ever seen Sunshine? <laughs> yeah, I just watched that. Last oh night. yeah, nice. I just watched that again last night. That's yeah. like one of my favorite, um, uh, just like sci-fi movies, like overall, because I just I adore the the premise, the whole thing, yeah. and 
Um, I mean, Chris Evans is in it, so I'm I'm pretty good at that. Uh, <laughs> I think. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I think I tweeted at it one time because because I have Snowpiercer as well, which I think. Oh, that's a good movie. Oh my god, right? And yeah, I tweeted at him that you know Snowpiercer is right up there with Sunshine for me, like yeah. just really nice, compact, single stories. You know, you know. Supposedly, I thought I heard Danny Boyle signed on to do. The third 28 Days Later. I don't know if that's true or not, but I heard that somewhere. Hmm. I was like, holy shit, that would be incredible. Now, are you in the camp that actually considers it a zombie movie, or do you have a... Do you have a Because def- I've heard people have different definitions uh, of zombies. Because these are more... Because it's like a rage virus. Well, I'm not a, I'm not a scholar on the subject, but <laughs> they do say in the very first thing it's rage, so... Mm-hmm. Um, technically, zombies are just... Dead. They're just dead. Like they don't have emotions. Um, They're just hungry. For some reason. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess if I had to put it into words, I would say it's, they're, they're dead. Maybe they're just... They're, Are they dead? They're zombies? Mm-hmm. Who could still be really pissed off? Because, yeah, if they're not dead, does it constitute a zombie? Because it doesn't look like they're actually... They don't actually die and come well, back, they right? They die because it takes... I forget the time. It's like five seconds or something for it to for the rage virus to kick in. Okay. So, so yeah. it's kind of like you know World War Z, where where Brad Pitt counts to seven or eight, and no, oh, I didn't watch that thing. If they're infected or not, it was kind of the same in Twenty Eight Days Later, but I kind of actively boycotted. And, and, and that movie, World War Z, is kind of the same thing. These guys, some of them are diving around. Well, and I actively boycotted that movie because the book is so, is so good. Like, the oral history of the zombie apocalypse, which yeah. they could have, they could have so easily turned that into, like, a Band of Brothers type, um, miniseries. Uh, yeah. And it was just kind of like, come on, guys, it's right there for you. It's not hard. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh. Oh, good. Yay. <laughs> you boycott those. I, there are certain movies I will just flat out boycott. <laughs> like, I'll go see them and I'll tell you how they were. Okay, you, you can give me a, a review <laughs> of the next uh, 28 days and some change laters and uh, World War Z's. <laughs> um, but what, uh, because we are in the Halloween month, so, I, you know, are there any, like, uh, of the old school, like, uh, horror movies that you are into or you like to watch around this time of the year the original texas chainsaw massacre Ooh, that's a good one halloween is good and actually rob zombies uh, remake wasn't wasn't bad for a remake it was pretty good Mm -hmm. um um i would say texas chainsaw is probably probably one that I'll, I'll, i'll always watch around this time of year yeah i don't really change my movie watching around halloween you just keep watching movies. Or... <laughs> I just, yeah, just, I've been so busy with with other projects, I just kind of have not really thought about Halloween, actually, this year. Oh, no! Do the, do, do, do the park services ever do anything for holidays at, at times, especially, like, something like a Halloween or, I don't know, Arbor Day? <laughs> uh, Arbor Day. Um, the unsung holiday of Arbor Day. Well, if you work at some parks, it's not like sanctioned by the national parks, but you know, you live in Grand Canyon National Park, so kids, it's like a regular community, so kids go trick or treating. 
Um, but, you know, because it's the government, you know, you, you can't ha- have a Christmas tree, you can't you know, mm-hmm. have anything related to any other religious religious holidays. Um, so Halloween would be out because of the whole occult thing and pagan stuff, I'm right? I'm sure, I'm sure somebody would bitch. <laughs> You get it every year where there's this, like, we can't be celebrating the occult and paganism. Like, oh, just eat your candy. Like, yeah, it's it's harmless. There's there's federal holidays, but it's not really celebrated, you know. Mm. Yeah, my uh, my family and I were going to uh, Disneyland for Halloween uh, this year. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm just super excited because like Nightmare Before Christmas. While I know it is both Christmas right. and Halloween, uh, is one of my favorite movies. Because you can watch it for, like, three months straight, and it's all fine. You know, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, and I know that they decorate, like, the, at least the Haunted Mansion to look like the, the same aesthetic. Cool. And I'm excited about that. Cause That'll be fun. the Tim Burton aesthetic is all mine. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. So I just wish he would do better movies right now. <laughs> yeah. I know that they're going to do the sequel to Alice in Wonderland, which is just like, no, please don't. Stop doing that. It wasn't a yeah, good go movie. To, yeah, go back to doing Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. <laughs> um, well, we're, we're coming at about an hour. We're getting there. Was uh, this too long? No, no, no. I, do, I usually do about an hour um, for oh. podcasts, so we're actually right on time. Uh, so, uh, as we're winding down, um, you're, you, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, we have the, the book, obviously. Uh, can, where can people find it? I, I, um, I guess. Um, it's, it's in bookstores throughout the country. Um, it's on Amazon, I believe. You could go on Facebook. There's Animal Crackers Facebook page. My brother Jeff did a, um, a page on Wix.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could contact me or Jeff. Our, our emails are in the book. I have a website, it's just my name.com. So, scottcranick.com? Yeah, and our distributor is Last Gasp, so they're pretty well known, and you could just go on their site and order through them. Okay. And um, uh, can people also find your uh, your artwork, uh, your Victorian stuff as well on your website, or do you have like yeah. an Etsy page or anything like that? I don't have any, I was going to do that, but it, it seemed like too much work. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put your energy just, somewhere. <laughs> I didn't do it because, I don't know, it was weird and... A website's enough. I don't update that enough. Like the last thing I need is another <laughs> Etsy page. So my website, I, I just, I've just done a lot more creepy stuff for that horror convention that mm-hmm. I need to photograph and I'll upload. Oh, cool. And uh, do you do like a regular con circuit? Are there certain ones that you like to do, or are you just kind of starting out doing that? Um, I'm looking into it more and more. Um, the more. It's hard when uh, you live in different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. I'll try to do Emerald City Con next year. Actually, they're not accepting applications, so it'll have to be 2017. Yeah. Not like where I met you, Rose City Con. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I'll do C2E2 next year and um, the horror conventions. Um, just a matter of time and budget. Um, yeah. I'd like to, if I could afford it, if I could make a living at that just art, I would go all over the place, but um, I was gonna wait for that big break. Well, we'll see. I mean, there's uh, 
There's a lot of other things. I'm working on this big Cleveland book. All Cleveland artists, all their art of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Everybody I ask from, you know, uh, I've met with the Henry Adams, who's a really well-known art historian and professor at Case in Cleveland. He's going to do some, maybe the introduction and do some writing for it. Well, that's cool. Everybody likes the idea. It's just a matter of getting it published. Mm-hmm. But it, it's going to be like a coffee table-like book. Um, you get a Kickstarter going on that one. <laughs> I was thinking about that, yeah. Um, maybe you got a card. I'm, I'm still working on that photography book that's getting closer to being done. Mm-hmm. Next month, that truck farm book about with Ian Cheney, who did King Corn. Oh, yeah. It's based on one of his other films. This is an actual children's book. No F-words, no blood. <laughs> Based on one of his other films. Um, that's going to be coming out next month, actually. Oh, cool. What's, uh, it, what's it called again? Truck Farm. I think the book's just going to be called Truck Farm. Truck it's going to come with a, a CD with original music that goes along with the book. And that um, 27 Club anthology from Red Stylo Media. And oh no! Did you do lineup. Did you do art in it? Yeah, I have a, a big drawing in it. Oh, cool! Um, no, I did their um, their Killer Queen one last year. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I have a story in that one. Uh, I oh, wrote. Sweet. Yeah, it's like Red Stylo buddies. Yay! Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'm in that. That should be coming. That's out now. I think. Yeah, I think they. I know they got funded, and they're being distributed. I don't know if the they're out yet. I don't know. <laughs> and Action Lab signed on, so everybody was excited that, you know, it's going to get more publicity, so... Yeah, I tried to submit to that one, too, because I'm, I'm all about Janis Joplin. Like, she's like... Oh, yeah. Oh, man, and I tried really hard, but I got either... I was either not ambitious enough or too ambitious and couldn't quite find <laughs> the sweet spot this time. Yeah. Next one. I hope they I hope they do more, and it's it should be a sweet book. Um, mm-hmm. That's all I have going on now. Well, it sounds like you have plenty. (laughs) Like, you've got a lot going. I'm looking forward to getting done. Excellent. And And do you have a Twitter account where people can find you, or is it mostly... Twitter? Yeah, Twitter. No. I'm proud to say I've never, ever once gone on Twitter, and I have no desire to. Well, there you go. (laughs) Like, everyone's got to have their their boundaries. I I know. I know. I'm not good. I'm not good at self-promotion or anything. (laughs) That's fine. I got my website. I have an email address. <laughs> I have a Facebook page. Else You're like, isn't it enough, everyone? <laughs> is that enough? Who wants to hear what I have to say in, what, 160 letters or less? I just... That's even less than that. It's 140, so you got to yeah, make that clear uh, and concise. Or yeah. be misinterpreted constantly, which a lot of people are anyway. Yeah, I just don't... There's ways to get in touch with there we go. I will. I will link all of your stuff into the uh, the body of the article when it uh, for the podcast when it comes out. So, oh cool. No all worries. Right. People will find you. Nice, nice. Well, I really, I really appreciate doing this. And if you ever wanted to do anything else with any other future books, I would be more than happy to. Definitely. No. When uh, they start uh, rolling out, let me know. Okay. Excellent. Well, Scott Cranick, am I pronouncing that right, too, Cranick? Very good. Okay. Um, Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, It was great talking to you. And uh, good night, everybody. Thank you very much.